WPHT, WPHT, HD, WOGL, HD3, Philadelphia. Always live on the free Odyssey app. From the Sherry Hill Volvo Studios, where relationships matter. Live and local from Philadelphia. Free speech lives here. Here. It's Kale and Company on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. And away we go, live on this Friday, October 27th. It is indeed Kale and Company right here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. We are always live on the free Odyssey app and, of course, streaming live for your video viewing pleasure on YouTube. As we head until 10 o'clock this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number. Twitter and Instagram, the radio station at 1210 WPHT. I am at Nick Kale, Don Stenzlin with the news, Greg Stocker, the chairman of the board, Daniel Valdez, Anthony Dorenzo, our associate producers. We made it. Friday, the weekend is upon us. Dawn, good morning. How are you? Good morning. Happy Friday. Yes, Gregory. Here we go again, again on our own. <laughs> I see the beard's coming back strong for you again. It is, yeah. Making a comeback. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to... This is the longest I think I've had it. Really? Yeah. Okay. So, we'll see. See how far it goes. We'll see how far it goes. We'll see what happens. Right. We got a lot of good stuff to get to today, including some of the fallout that continues with the manhunt underway after the deadly mass shooting in the state of Maine. We will get to that in a couple of minutes. Also, Joe Biden and his latest numbers within his own party at an all-time low. And also a little comparison. I did some digging yesterday, and I found a bunch of categories that fall under the economy umbrella. And we compare them from September of 2023 to September of 2020. I think if it's all about the economy, this will speak volumes. That's coming up this morning also, the one-year anniversary of Elon Musk purchasing and or ruining Twitter, <laughs> according to some. And uh, the fallout from UFC and Bud Light. Let the boycotts begin. I'll tell you what, poor Bud Light. Anything they attach their name to, the people come back out of the woodwork, don't they? They will not let Bud Light ever live this one down. Wait, people are boycotting the UFC? That's correct. Oh, my God. Wow. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Yes. Yep. Here we go. Here we go. Uh, so we got that coming up today on the show. A loaded cut sheet, uh, including all the proof you will ever need to once again say, Mr. Bowman, there's no way you did what you did and whatever you claimed you were doing. It The tape don't lie, brother. It, it's amazing to me that literally we were talking about that at, I don't know, what it, whatever it was, 8.30 yep. yesterday morning. And the gods gave us a gift before the day ended we had the video <laughs> we have the of receipt. the before and after oh, that's man. all we were asking for the before and after that's and correct. boy does it tell a different story that he's painting huh? oh it sure does wow like no coach i had the uh, i had the outside linebacker blocked well let me put on the tape oh no he ran right by it, you buddy it is inc- I, I i'm just like wow this yep. is like anybody who looks at this is just like well uh, okay yep Oh, my God. And also some pushback to our favorite Gen Zer who despises working nine-to-five jobs. We will get to that later as well. It's going to be a good show. It's a Friday. We'll have a lot of fun. A lot of follow-ups from yesterday's show. You really have to listen every day. That is correct. You just can't join episode four and think, 
Oh, yeah, I know what's going on. Well, if you didn't watch episode three, you're lost. Always watch episode three, yeah. That's correct. <laughs> Let's get to the news. Round number one, 605, the great Dawn Stenzlin on a Friday. And good morning on this Friday, October 27th. We are in for a real treat as far as summer-like weather. I'll begin with the SEPTA bus driver who was shot and killed uh, yesterday morning while operating a bus in Philadelphia's Germantown section. We now are learning more in that case as well as learning more about the identity of that driver. So SEPTA confirming that the man murdered, gunned down on the bus, 48-year-old Bernard Gribben, from Abington, Pennsylvania. He was a 12-year employee of SEPTA, as well as a United States Army veteran. This all happened yesterday mid-morning, about 10.30 a.m.-ish, at Germantown and Abbotsford's Avenues, as uh, Mr. Gribben was operating that Route 23 bus. Police say he was shot six times in his chest, as well as, as his right abdomen, he was rushed to Einstein Medical Center by the police. They didn't even wait for the paramedics. And he was, uh, tragically, they couldn't save his life. So they have they do have a woman in custody. Apparently she was at a nearby Sunoco. But they're not saying if the woman in custody, they're just saying she's a person of interest. So I don't have the absolute confirmation of her identity or that she is, in fact, the suspect. But we know that a woman, matching her description, fired a shot toward the bus driver, then got back on the bus and fired again multiple times. It was captured on video. You know, if you've been listening to Dawn's news for the last couple of weeks, just think how dangerous transportation is these days. An officer gets killed at Philadelphia International Airport. We have carjackings all the time, usually with a gun. And now a bus driver shot six times. Like, I, I never realized that transportation could be so violent. But in this city, you better believe it. So I'm shocked that it's a woman, too. Because you don't really well, see that as a... she's a person of interest. Oh, yeah, yeah, well, okay. <laughs> Suspect is offensive. We've changed that vernacular as well. I don't know. Is that sexist of me to say? Like, no. It, you don't no. really hear a lot of... No, you're right. Broads be shooting. <laughs> Stop. Yeah, well, it's usually dudes. <laughs> Uh, other news of this morning, and I'll, I'll stay local for a second before I update you on some national stories. Um, but I will say that, of course, uh, SEPTA is releasing more information on this, as well as we have the union representing SEPTA is considering a strike. That's been in the headlines. This is TWU Local 234, the union representing SEPTA workers. Uh, they've been calling for safety measures for many years. And after this murder, they called out for the National Guard to get involved wow, and to be on SEPTA, not just for the SEPTA operators and employees, but as well for those, you know, those who use SEPTA. So a strong <laughs> statement from them. Think about that. We, we, we have to have the National Guard be called up for, for public transportation in the city. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. A motorist, a motorcyclist, I should say, is dead after crashing in Chester County, Pennsylvania, during a police chase early this morning. Lancaster police pursuing a motorist, they say, on Route 113 at the Route Bypass uh, exit right in Downingtown. Early this morning, the motorcyclist crashed at the exit. This is according to Pennsylvania State Police, and the person was pronounced dead at the scene. So we have state police investigating, and I don't, you know, we're just gathering new details on that one as it just happened early this morning. And we also have the big one and only mayoral debates. We have Democrat Sherelle Parker and Republican David O. 
talking uh, right here in our building at Odyssey World Headquarters. Yesterday morning, KW News Radio hosting the only one-hour debate that we've seen between the two, hosting it yesterday morning. So talking about public safety, taxes, schools, saying yes, uh, Philadelphia schools, some of them do need to be demolished. They're just so old and decrepit. And the other issue that came up, stop and frisk. So we'll talk about that. I know moving forward, um, some interesting takes that might surprise some folks as we talk about that. I'll update you quickly on this manhunt just to say that as of this morning, the FBI, DEA, ATF, DHS, Border Patrol at the Canadian border, Coast Guard, other federal agencies have now joined in with state and local law enforcement in the massive manhunt after the massacre in Maine. This is the search for 40-year-old Robert Card, armed and dangerous Army reservist and firearms instructor, currently still being hunted as a suspect in the deadly shooting um, that happened, of course, that we've been talking about there in Maine. And so the latest number, 18 confirmed killed, at least 13 hospitalized, many others injured after he went to two different locations, a kid's night, Wednesday night, at a bowling alley, open fire, as well as a restaurant. This is Lewiston, Maine. Yeah, um, we'll do the big take on, on this story as well. But um, I, I got to give the uh, the Daily Mail a lot of credit. They have been all over this story. Like, they have, like, five updated stories on this story itself yesterday. Like, they're just beating, just from a media observation standpoint, they're beating everybody to the punch with this story. Yeah, they always have the best, for a lot of these things, they always have the best, like, description. And yep. it's and the way they lay it out, too, is easy. It's like bullet points. And, yep. You know what I mean? Like, it just, for talk show hosts, it makes it a lot easier mm-hmm. than, you know, reading a 10-page New York Times article about it. I did think- I Did I see that? He he may he may have gotten away on a jet ski or something. Yeah, it looks it looks as if he had he planned it. Yeah. So I know they found some some notes and some letters, mm-hmm. but it looks like he planned the thing. So he planted maybe decoys, planted different, um, you know, because he was up and down the river fishing a lot. Might have planted different things as he planned ahead, planned his escape. God. Why do I get the feeling that this is going to go on uh, a lot like the one up in the Poconos <clears throat> did a decade yeah. ago? I just get the feeling that this is going to last longer than... Um, how long was Cavalcante on the run for? That was, what, 11, 12 days? Yeah, a couple I, weeks. Yeah, my gut feeling is this one. This one's going to play out for a while. This guy was absolutely prepared for everything. He he had this orchestrated to a T. Yeah, it sounds like it. Yeah. And speaking of orchestrated, the U.S. military conducting airstrikes on two facilities, sending a message. And this broke, it would have been early morning for them, but the story broke for us 11 p.m. last night. So the U.S. military conducting these airstrikes on these facilities in eastern Syria in response to ongoing attacks against American military personnel in Iraq and Syria over the past week. So the Defense Department releasing statements saying the pair of F-16s targeted these two facilities, a weapons depot and an ammo storage area right near uh, Abu Kamal that's used by Iran's Islamic Revolutionary Guard Corps, and then their different affiliated militia groups. So this um, this story, by the way, Jennifer Griffin of Fox News broke the story, and it was late last night, but I believe she was had the most detailed information that I could find. But we're also learning more about these attacks against our own U.S. military facilities. 
which were downplayed a bit. But we're now learning more that, in fact, 19 attacks against American personnel have been have been carried out since October 17th, including three additional attack, attacks yesterday, that according to the Pentagon. And some of those attacks have left our U.S. military members in very serious condition with head injuries, among among the others, injured, 21 American troops injured. And uh, many most of them returned to duty, but some had some um, yeah. head in, major head injuries. Have you noticed the administration and the media refusing to call this a war right now? Oh, like, like, that's what it is, right? Like, it, they're using words like escalation and, um, you know, if you did it, uh, Kirby coming out saying, oh, we will intervene if, uh, you know, it's like, no, they're killing. They're already going after Americans. We're going after them. Let's just call it what it is. It's a war against terror. It's an ongoing war. Let's just let's just say what it is and stop, you know, sissy footing around the, the word. Such a broad statement to a war against terror. Like, I know. It's just it's so. Ugh. Yep. How do you defeat terror, by the way? Okay, I'm just I'm just curious. Does terror wave the white flag? No. Do we drop a, a bomb on terror? No. The next wave are being groomed. Yeah. Okay. That's great. And um, I, I just want to bring us Another back war. for a moment. I almost called Nick Hale to give him a warning because there was this black bear warning not so far. I know sometimes you go to the Plymouth Meeting Mall. It was at the mall. Uh-huh. And it was not so far from, you know, w- where you are. Yeah. Sometimes I know you go to the mall there. Yeah. Black bear spotted. Oh, no. Um, and it was near the Edge Fitness, the Whole Foods. Okay, I know exactly uh, where that's at. Kind of whole. I don't know if he wanted some Whole Foods or what was going on there, but they're seriously. It's a police warning, warning to residents use caution, especially in the areas of Hickory Road, Walton Road, Township Line Road, and Narcissa Road. <laughs> oh, great! So cool. This uh, big old black bear yeah. wandering, roaming around. Now, are we sure it's a black bear? Is it not a brown bear, a, a polar bear, a panda bear? I don't want to be bear profiling here on the radio, Dawn. Well, the, I think the polar bears and brown bears are meaner. Oh, Is that right? Okay. I believe so. Right. But uh, they're saying, in all seriousness, that the bear, every time they would call Pennsylvania animal control, the guys would get there. It was like a little cartoonish sounding, but the guys would get there, oh, you just missed it. And so then there's another sighting. So... It, it seems like it's not afraid of going to, you know, to be around that Whole Foods back there. Right. Maybe it was headed toward AMC back around. But yeah, he was going to see uh, Taylor Swift's, the concert. <laughs> the heiress tour. There you go. Um, uh, Sixers, uh, what a blowout for our, uh, for our 76ers who were way ahead and then just blew their big lead and were beat by the Bucks. Yeah. Uh, Damian Lillard. Uh, scores 39 points in his Bucks debut Good. to help Milwaukee edge yeah. out our Sixers eight, 118 to 117. I've never had less interest in the Sixers in the last 10 years than I do this year. They're going to be completely <sighs> ordinary against all the great teams, like mm. Milwaukee. <laughs> yep. Flyers won. Beautiful forecast. It's going to feel like summer today. 78 degrees for your Friday. Bright, sunny skies. Wow. And then tomorrow... 81 beautiful degrees. It's going to feel like a summer-like day. And we continue the sunny stretch into Sunday, but get ready for a big cool-down, unfortunately, for Halloween next Tuesday. That's your NBC10 First Alert forecast. This is your Friday morning edition. Kale & Company News Live. All right, Don. thank you very much. 616 on a Friday morning. Let's get to one last big take of the week. The Big Take on Kale & Company.
All right, the big take this morning, the fallout from the main mass shooting, narratives and agendas. You know, when America is dealt another senseless tragedy, you can always count on the mainstream media, left-wingers in society, and Democrats in office to resort to their standard rhetoric. The mainstream media will sell you on fear. They will sensationalize the tragedy and give the killer far more attention than the actual victims. Left-wingers will immediately claim that America has a gun problem and deem that AR-15s be banned. Democratic politicians will point out the fact that the number one killer in America for children is gun violence. Well, yes, of course it is. An overwhelming majority of children are healthy and don't pass away when they are kids. And, of course, Dems will hint at their desire to take away your Second Amendment rights, claiming that firearms are not necessary. And it was all on full display yesterday. And let's hear from the Vice President Kamala Harris. She was speaking at a White House event yesterday that featured Australia, and she had this to say about the main shooting. Listen and watch. Before I address why we are convened here today, I will address the tragic events that happened last night in Maine. Last night, Lewiston became yet another community torn apart by senseless gun violence. Once again, routine gatherings, this time at a bowling alley and a restaurant, have been turned into scenes of horrific carnage. Doug and I mourn for those who were killed. We pray for those who were injured and grieve with so many whose lives are forever changed and impacted by what happened. The Biden-Harris administration will continue to provide full support to local authorities. And as we gather details, we must continue to speak truth about the moment we are in. In our country today, the leading cause of death of American children is gun violence. Gun violence has terrorized and traumatized so many of our communities in this country. And let us be clear, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. And with that, then... And with that, then, I will turn to the Prime Minister's state visit. You are correct. It does not have to be this way. We need to get people the maximum mental health treatment they need so we can reduce this from happening more frequently in the future. But did you pick up on what she said about our friends, the Aussies? Quote, it does not have to be this way, as our friends in Australia have demonstrated. Here's the context behind what she means. Kamala Harris referenced Australia there as a country The United States should model themselves after when it comes to gun control. Starting in 1996, Australia collected about 650,000 privately owned guns in a mandatory buyback. They also established a gun registry and banned pump-action shotguns and semi-automatic rifles. Australians can only buy a gun if the government deems it to be for a, quote, genuine reason, which predominantly means for sport or hunting. The Biden administration is saying the quiet part out loud. But now we get to the media coverage of this horrific crime. And let's stop showing the picture of the killer and stop saying his name. 
How about sharing the names of the victims? Because they are the ones who should be remembered. Bob Violet, Trisha Asselin, Joseph Walker, Joshua Seal, Brian McFarlane, and Arthur Strout have all been identified as victims. In total, 18 people were murdered, 7 people died in the bowling alley, 6 were killed at the bar, and the rest perished at the hospital. Now, Maureen Callahan writes for the Daily Mail, and she went on a let's make getting guns tougher and blame it on the white guy rant in her latest column, saying the following. He is a highly trained Army reservist who, according to one fellow soldier, was one of the best riflemen in their unit, yet was committed to a mental hospital for two weeks this summer after he reported hearing voices. He truly believed he was hearing people say things, his sister-in-law, Katie O'Neill, told the Daily Beast. He would get mad and claim that we didn't believe him. We tried to listen and tell him that nobody was talking about him. So despite his family and friends telling the media that this is a rational, understanding person, as one fellow reservist told CNN, or the most loving, hardworking, and kind person I know, as O'Neill claims, clearly he was a known threat to public safety. This is not who he is, O'Neill said. This is exactly who he is, according to Callahan. He allegedly planned, strategized, targeted, and executed this mass murder at two different locations, then successfully got away, potentially crossing state lines into Massachusetts, leaving parts of Maine under complete lockdown. This shooting suspect, like so many others who are mentally disturbed, retained enough core competencies to successfully maim and kill. The White House and the entire country has lowered the flag. How about raising the bar for gun ownership, she says. How about finally addressing one of the greatest public health crises in America? The aggrieved white male, almost always the mass shooter profile, who takes out his failures, grievances, and aggression on unwanting civilians and school children. And that's the end of her column. Such a typical argument, predictable and not really factual or logical, because law-abiding, non-mentally ill American owners of guns that do so and go through all the paperwork and all the vetting and all the documentation and then responsibly possess and use their guns do not commit mass murders. And blaming the white male, low-hanging fruit again. Do we need to talk about how many non-white men are firing a gun each day in big cities, many of the times while being in possession of the gun illegally, while committing a crime? It's not about race or gun laws. It's about mental health. If coming out of the pandemic, we haven't learned how much of a mental health issue we have in this country, then we've learned nothing. We've also learned that the shooter may have been in pursuit of and searching for his ex-girlfriend. Police also found a cryptic note at his home written by the shooter. We've also learned that his family was obsessed with firearms and neighbors allegedly tried to avoid them. We also found out yesterday here on the show that this shooter once retweeted Tucker Carlson. And the media will continue to push their narrative, searching for what they always look for. The Democrats will continue to keep pushing their agenda, and the left-wingers will continue to believe what they want to believe is the root cause of all of this. You would think they would learn, and you would think they would change. But the same stupid cycle keeps on repeating itself. This is mental health. Don't glamorize the killer. Remember the victims. And remember, these heinous acts still, at the end of the day, are incredibly rare. And that's the big take. The big take on Kale and Company. 
All right, Big Take, if you want to jump in this morning, 855-839-1210, the phone number, Twitter and Instagram at 1210WPHT. Or, of course, you can be a part of the Kalen Company comment community. Just go to YouTube.com slash at 1210WPHT. Hit the like and subscribe buttons and get involved with the show today. We'll come back, get some reaction to that, and also a couple of other little tidbits when it comes to this main shooting and comparing it to other shootings that seemingly just vanished from the news cycle quick, fast, and in a hurry. We'll get to that when we come back. Kale and Company on a Friday morning, Talk Radio 1210 WPHD. It's Kale and Company On Demand from Talk Radio 1210 WPHD and the free Odyssey app. Nick Dawn and Greg here on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Get us on the free Odyssey app. Watch us live on YouTube. What's on the cut sheet coming up 745 this morning. Also, some stuff with Joe Biden, Donald Trump, UFC, and Bud Light, and Elon Musk, and Twitter, slash X. But, you know, I was paying attention to a lot of this, and I probably watched way too much of this coverage of the the mass uh, shooting in Maine uh, yesterday across multiple networks. And I usually don't bounce around from network to network, but I tried to watch all three of them yesterday for about a 90-minute stretch, just seeing the way they covered it from Fox to CNN to MSNBC, and it wasn't so much that I was looking for uh, gun control coverage versus mental health coverage, but the one thing, and Don, you're the journalist on the show, the trained, the you got a degree in it, you've won Emmys, so if I'm out of line here, you, you just squash me like a bug, but <laughs> I just feel like the media has to stop, and Fox is doing it right now, well, about 20 seconds ago they were doing it, showing the image of the shooter, and I don't even want to say his name. Um, he's wearing the brown hooded sweatshirt, the jeans, and he's walking and you see the still image of him holding the, the weapon that he was carrying. They just keep plastering that on the TV. And I feel like it should be more about the victims than the actual killer, because I think that, and maybe it's not applicable to every one of these killers, but I think a lot of them want to, whether they get caught, whether they get killed, whether they take their own life after committing the horrific act, mm-hmm. they want to be discussed, they want to be analyzed, they want to be remembered, they want to be famous for what they pulled off. And I feel like we in the media, and I say just we loosely, generally speaking, we give them part of what they are seeking and the reward that they, they covet for all the efforts they put into inflicting this this type of terror which is really what it is it's an act of terrorism it's domestic terrorism when you got a fear for your life in a bowling alley i really wish we would get away from making it about the killer and more so about the victims i i agree with you on this one i'll say that once they once they catch him either or find him alive or dead Mm -hmm. then focus on the victims but there's also a fear that this guy, I mean, he is a fugitive. And so there's a fear that because he had planned the getaway, he went down the river, he could have crossed state lines. They're putting out an all points bulletin across the nation and mm-hmm. even in Canada. Yeah. So on this one, I'll, you know, I, I will say they have a reason, but you're right. I mean, think about all the, you know, the serial, think of John Wayne Gacy. I mean, you usually know their middle name for yeah. crying out loud. You don't know. All the victims, and we do. We make it too glamorous, and then they become a Netflix special, yeah. and then there's movies oh, made and yeah. documentaries. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah. So, you're right, and we should focus more, especially once they're already incarcerated, mm-hmm. on on the victims and the victims, you know, f- family survivors. Yeah.
You know, and then there's the other way that these stories are covered, and some of them just disappear, and some of them stay in the media for longer than others. You know, we mentioned yesterday the Nashville school shooting. Uh, all quiet. It went away. The shooter was a part of the LGBTQ plus community. Uh, but then, if you recall, back in April, we had the shooting in Dadeville, Alabama, if you remember, and it was a 16th birthday party. And that story just completely vanished very quick. I, I think it went away quicker than the Nashville school shooting did. And I found this story from the Christian Science Monitor. Don't know how I came across this. Not a subscriber or a reader to the Christian Science Monitor. But they had an interesting story, and it was titled, In Rural Alabama, A Mass Shooting America Ignored. And it's the one I'm talking about right now where four people were killed, 32 were injured, and the shooters were African-American, and it just disappeared in probably three or four days in the media. If we talked about that on Monday, it was off the radar and off the back bur- on the back burner by Friday. And I just want to point out two, uh, two or three little paragraphs here in this story that this writer brings up. Patrick Johnson of the Christian Science Monitor, um, he goes on to say, uh, let me just give you these two important ones. A ray of orange light shoots through a hail-sized hole in the stained glass window of what was once a church. On this evening, some of the light bulbs are broken and a folding table covered with a white sheet passes as the day goes by. This is the new town hall complex of Camp Hill, Alabama. Four miles away on April 15th, many Camp Hill kids were at a Sweet 16 party when six teens from another town swept in and started firing seeking some small measures of healing this community tries to bounce back at a time when guns are the number one cause of death for children and teenagers in the united states how these victims are honored and remembered points to deep divisions and differences while the nation universally mourns the victims of high-profile mass shootings the vast majority of gun violence and mass shootings is largely ignored even accepted how much is race a part of that calculus and what is the best path forward the national conversation has found no clear answers. And they go on to keep talking about how the way that these things are positioned by the media in this country. And you heard yesterday, boy, I tell you, we, we found out really quick that this guy, this killer in Maine retweeted something from Tucker Carlson. And then, as I mentioned in the big take, the columnist for the Daily Mail pointing out right away in her opening paragraph that this was a mentally disturbed individual, but then immediately pivots to, we got to make gun buying a lot more difficult in this country. And once again, who's the culprit? The angry white man. Yet every morning, Dawn, you lead off the show most days reporting crimes, gun shootings, and horrific acts of violence in this city. And it's either we don't want to talk about it or we just have grown accustomed to it and become numb to it. But, like, I hate how they always position this. And the media will only really sensationalize it and repeatedly hammer it home and jam it down your throat when the killer checks off a few boxes uh, he's a white guy he's angry at the world um mm-hmm. he's a conspiracy theorist uh he's a republican so forth and so on yet if you're of any other identity yeah it's just like eh, another day in the life of a big city that's what happens in philadelphia people shoot people right yeah, yeah so. it's it's so true and you think about Think of, like you just said, all the shootings we have. I know here in Pennsylvania, um, Senator Vincent Hughes, who's a, a Democrat in the 7th District, he is already 
reviving the conversation for reviving uh, red flag laws yeah. here in Pennsylvania, where we have a Democrat controlled House, as we know, and there was, you know, he had in the past pushed for these red flag laws, mm-hmm. um, but it is, you know, it has not come up for a well, vote yet. Well, let me ask you guys a question. I'm sorry, were you finished with what you're saying? Yeah, it, it has not come up for a vote yet in the Republican held. Senate in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. but they're putting, they're talking about the red flag versus the yellow flag and all of this and that because, in truth, if they had followed the laws, they knew. Yep. yep. Okay. That's my, that's my biggest problem. Well, I mean, not my biggest problem with this, but the biggest problem I have with this is yes, this guy was clearly mentally ill. He claimed to hear voices. It was, I mean, this guy was on the police, maybe the FBI's radar. And he was still able to yeah. own guns. Mm-hmm. And for everybody saying, well, we need stricter gun laws. Well, if we just enforce the gun laws we have, he wouldn't be able yes. to own this gun. So th- th- there was a breakdown of two different things here. Mm-hmm. Th- there was a mentally ill guy who was allegedly on the radar of the FBI. Right. And he was also allowed to own a gun. Yes. So so, so, so that's where that's where the breakdown is. And to lump everything into one, well, it's it's always this or it's always that. I know. It's just everything is it's yes, it's 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 I don't want to say easy access to guns because that 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 is a negative connotation. But sure. if we have if we just enforce the gun laws mm-hmm. that we have and people um, you know, who are known mentally ill psychopaths yep. aren't allowed to own them, then maybe half of this problem mm-hmm. would be solved. Now, true. I mean, truth be told, I, I don't own a firearm, although I have never been closer to going through with the process and getting one with the society and world we live in today, because I don't, and I, I understand statistically, uh, you know, I have a, a much greater chance of dying of a heart attack or cancer or whatever it might be, but I would love to know you know, from somebody um, that maybe has recently went and acquired and purchased a firearm legally, what the process is like. What, how detailed is the paperwork? Where did you go? How long did it take? What documents did you get back in the mail? Because I've got to feel, like to your point, Greg, like, yes, we have a lot of laws in place, and if we just freaking enforce yeah. what we have already mm-hmm. established, yeah. you know, we're not going to prevent everything. But there's just way too many, and this is a common theme nowadays, and this is every walk of life, every job, every profession, uh, you name it. The amount of breakdowns people have in communication where things slip through the cracks and people make mistakes, it's just accountability and responsibility should matter. But I would love to know what the process is like in 23 uh, as far as going about getting a firearm. I've got to imagine it's it's not just as simple as ABC, right? Like, I mean... You know, if, if anybody, I'll, I'll take a phone call on it. If somebody has recently bought a firearm in the last year and can say, hey, this is what I did and this is how, uh, you, know, you know, stringent it is and this is all the, uh, there's lots of paperwork. Like, I legitimately don't, I'm, when I do decide to get one, I'm going to have to ask my sister's husband, uh, who's from Oklahoma, um, and he's got a lot of firearms. Uh, he loves, <laughs> he loves his guns. Uh, I'm just going to ask him, like, legitimately, what's the process like? Because I would love to know. Uh, D- uh, David on the YouTube chat re- uh, writes, Red flag laws won't pass because of the number of cops that would get jammed up with domestic situations. Okay. Well, what's interesting is that Maine, within the past few years, was the made headlines to say Maine has these yellow flag laws that actually may be a model for the nation. And they had situations they t- they touted that since their new yellow flag laws, because they're pro Second Amendment people. But they're all they're more liberal. I think libertarian, even though they they skew blue. 
but they love their guns. They're fight, you know, because they it's a it's hunting right there. Yep. So it's an interesting well, state to watch. But their yellow flag laws, you know, they didn't follow their own laws. They have in the past. Mm-hmm. If you if you look at them, they thwarted a lot of situations, well, especially those so called suicide by cop situations. Well, that's a very interesting. It's a very interesting question. If you ask most law, because I would think that by nature most law enforcement. Uh, tend to be a little more conservative. Mm-hmm. W- w- if you asked the majority of law enforcement, would they want more access to guns or less? As far as just the the accessibility to getting them, yes. you mean? Yeah. Okay. It's an no, 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 no. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I'm just asking. Do you think that they would want more access to guns or less access for society? Yes. For civilians? Yes. Probably less. As far as if you're a cop, as far as having to constantly be dealing with, with gun conflicts yeah. and showing up to domestic situations where maybe one of the spouse has a fire. I mean, I, I would imagine that. But I also got to imagine that most cops are pro- probably pro-Second Amendment. Yes. But I also think there's a different attitude. If you're from, I call it a gun family, which mm-hmm. I am, yep. um, or if you're from a military family, which I think many many of us are here, right? Yeah. Then there's a di- or a law enforcement family. Yep. Same here. It's a t- it's a tool of their, you know, if you're in law enforcement, military, etc., you have you have guns because, mm-hmm. quite frankly, it's something that it's on the job. Yeah. And so I do think to Greg's point that you just read yesterday, I was talking to a friend of all of us, um, Sergeant Mark Fuzetti. He was talking about the mental health aspect of right. even look at what's happening in Philadelphia with a funeral. We started out the week with an officer, a sergeant's funeral, and then we have this situation with, you know, military member, ex-military member. You think about the mental health crisis that we have, and yes, mm-hmm. after the defund the police movement, yeah. uh, we have, unfor- tragically, <laughs> we have created a situation in our country where, where law enforcement, military members, etc., Amiss this mental health crisis, it, we have supersized yeah. the, the mental health crisis, the domestic crisis. Then you lob on the the financial inflation, economic Bidenomics crisis. Right. We're we're all depressed, but think about being on the job in the one of the toughest, you know, f- most thankless job. Yep. Law enforcement. Yep. All right. Let's bring in uh, both of our associate producers, Daniel Valdez and Anthony Dorenzo. They both have some interesting thoughts on this. I'll start with Valdez because uh, it looks like he is. Uh, new to the process and just acquired something. So, Daniel, uh, why don't you just tell us what you were just saying in our group text? Uh huh. Oh, really? I know the mic ne- never works back there. It never works. You, back you there. don't say. Huh? Interesting. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, let's try Dorenzo on line two. Dorenzo, you have some stuff from uh, Connecticut as well, I believe. Yeah. So when I worked up in uh, Connecticut, obviously this was a huge topic because of Sandy Hook, and I—I I mean, most of our listeners leaned right the same way here, and uh, a lot of listeners complained about how difficult it was to get a firearm. Sometimes it took at least a year, maybe more. So if you felt unsafe in your neighborhood, it, it can be an issue. But at the same time, I mean, I'm not saying their gun laws are perfect, but it, it did seem to at least avoid that tragedy from happening more than before. It, I, I mean, they looked at guns way closer than they ever did. Um, at the same time, you know, I, I'm not a gun owner, so I don't mm-hmm. know how difficult all those all those laws are to deal with. But well, you got Sandy Hook, and then on top of it, Connecticut being a blue state, so I can yeah. see. But yeah. I mean, think about that though. Let's say you're a law-abiding citizen. You want to go about it the right way. You have no past history of mental illness, no prior record of criminal activity or violence, and you got to wait a year to get a gun. 
I, I mean, that seems way, way too over the top to me. And I come from a military family. My, my uh, mom's brother was a 27-year detective. Um, I'm pro-Second Amendment, even though I don't own a gun. And you know, I would just want to purchase a handgun, keep it in a safe, keep it locked away, and you know, do the responsible stuff. You know, if you need it when you're you know, in your vehicle or whatever, so be it. But um, you know, some of these individuals, I, I, and I would love to know, too, from the background check, that's a criminal background check, right? I, do they do they do research as far as to whether or not you've ever been in a mental health treatment facility? Well, I think that's another thing that depends on the state, and it also depends on if you're going to a gun store or if you're going to a gun show. So that there are a lot of loopholes to what Greg was saying, and and that is it's such a breakdown of the system. I don't even think the system necessarily has to be fixed. We need to just look at every single process and be more careful. All right. 855-839-1210 if you want to jump in on the conversation. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of the show. Joe Biden's approval rating within his own party has cratered. How bad is it? We'll give you the details on the other side. Kale and Company, Talk Radio 1210, WPHT. This is the Kale and Company podcast from Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and on the free Odyssey app. You know what? You still have time to find yourself that new certified or pre-owned vehicle from our friends at the Piazza Auto Group, and there is power in the Piazza Auto Group. You know, you've heard us talk about, for me, it, it is, I will always remember the moment, looking at Michael's face, he got a little flushed, a little red in the face. He was so he was so excited when we went there to the local Philadelphia, Piazza Honda, Vince and Tony and Kristen, everybody's there, awesome Ross, and he was in his beautiful silver Honda. Ah, we were were so excited. You got the Civic. I'll never forget it. It it was a great moment. They made it so easy. And here's the thing. Maybe you're not looking for a Honda or maybe you're not looking for one of the the vehicles that we talk about, like Acura, Mazda, Hyundai, Volkswagen. Maybe there's a car you saw and you think, man, I would just love, love that car. You've been thinking about it. Just go to our friends at the Piazza Auto Group. And check it out because they have an amazing, amazing selection. I'm talking about over a 1,000 pre-owned vehicles at any given time. And not just these brands that we talk about, like our Hondas, but pretty much any other brand that you can think of or picture. PiazzaAutoGroup.com is where you begin your search. P-I-A-Z-Z-A, PiazzaAutoGroup.com. And then search Piazza's pre-owned inventory or for that dealer nearest you because they're across Pennsylvania, Delaware, New Jersey. That's the power of the Piazza Auto Group. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT, Nick, Dawn, and Greg, 855-839-1210. We'll get to some of these tweets in a moment. Callers coming up in just a second. Save the Joe Biden stuff for hour number two because a lot of people with some good information when it comes to uh, the convenience or how difficult it might be and what the process is like to get a firearm as we are talking about, obviously, the mass shooting in Maine, 855-839-1210. Joe is in Philadelphia. He's got some thoughts on the red flag laws. Joe, you go right ahead, sir. Hey, how's it going, guys? We're doing well. So here's my thing. Uh... With, with the red flag, at what point do we draw the line at, at what's a mental illness and what's not? So you say, okay, guy hears voices, mentally ill. Now, what about a veteran who has PTSD? Does he have to give up his guns? What about a first responder who is thinking about, you know, who's having issues, but now wants to seek treatment because he's afraid of a red flag law? And once you give the government that kind of power, 
who's to decide which is the mental illness that needs to be handled? It, what if yeah. what if someone who dresses like a someone who's a man who dresses like a woman is that a mental illness? Should they be you know barred from from holding guns? Right. I think once you give the government this power. It becomes a slippery slope. No, you're absolutely correct. And, and Joe, I'll boil it all the way down to maybe the most simplistic element of mental health. What if somebody just merely has mild depression, right? Like, is that is that barring you from getting a gun? It, it, you, you now leave it open for interpretation to the government as to who is or what is not so much. I will say I was raising my hand, so thank you. I'm like, teacher, teacher. I always love calling on you, Don. You're a great student. <laughs> thank you, sir. Teacher's pet. <laughs> um, that's the difference with why Maine, and this was the first major gun legislation, you know, under Republican Senator Susan Collins, who spoke out yesterday. That's why Maine's yellow flag laws were touted as a possible answer for the nation, right? Because their yellow flag law does not allow mem- members of a family to, like, let's say your 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 ex wife or your mm-hmm. ex girlfriend is mad at you, right? And I actually have a family member who was involved in something like this, yep. Where they try to call and get your because they know you you're a hunter, like right before deer hunting season. Mm-hmm. That can't happen here under the main Maine's yellow leg yellow flag laws. Only police can issue a request. That's why everybody's criticizing here because the police and the military base were involved in right. this particular situation. They knew that this guy, they were the ones who referred him to the mental health facility. I mean, he was teaching gun classes at, uh, what was it, West Point, right? Yep, that's to the cadets, and they said he was ama- and, uh, unfortunately amazing yeah. at sharpshooting, etc. But here's somebody who police, law enforcement, military, they all had the warnings. Mm-hmm. They were, they of all people should have, so this is not a domestic situation. No. And this is, you, you talk about you know, the fact this is kind of like a um, a double dip, so to speak. I mean, this is a guy who's mentally ill, but is highly proficient and trained and talented yeah. in the art of handling a firearm, using it. So this is the challenge that is really <laughs> that these officers from all of these agencies are dealing with now yeah. crossing state lines. Like I said earlier, I think this this guy could this could be one of those things where this guy's on the run for a month. Don't be surprised if that's the case. But, you know, there's also, I think you're right, and there's also a physiological aspect to this, because not only was he having mental health issues, depression, reportedly lost his job, etc., but as well, he was losing his hearing. And that's why when he went to this bowling alley for the people that he killed, reportedly in the deaf or hearing-impaired community, mm-hmm. so these were friends of his, he, once he got the hearing aid, that's when he started, they said, hearing the voices. So I, there's something else physiologically going on here as far as the hearing issue that he yep. was coping with, um, you know, physical physical issues, mm-hmm. let's say. 855-839-1210. Mike is in Nottingham. He's up next on Talk Radio 1210. Mike, good morning. Good morning. How are you today? We're doing well, Mike. What do you got? Good. I, I bought an AR-15 three years ago at my local hardware store. Okay. I walked in. Did my driver's license, filled out some paperwork, uh, paid for it, and walked out with the rifle and the um, the bullets. I didn't have a problem. I live in an area where everybody and their mother owns a gun. Uh, everybody lives on an acre or two or more. And um, <clears throat> if you call the cops, they're not coming. If you're not prepared to defend yourself, you can be in a world of hurt. Mm-hmm. People across the street own a bunch of guns. They, a lot of places, people I know and friends with, uh, have gun safes where they probably got 10 or 15 guns and 
in this big old safe in their basement yeah. or their office. Um, not that hard to get. And I grew up in Upper Darby, so guns were foreign to me. I never saw a gun. Uh, well, I bought one when I owned a deli in Upper Darby, and I bought a thirty-eight. A friend of mine who's an Upper Darby cop taught me how to shoot it. Right. Told me to go to uh, go do practice. And whatever you do in practice is what you're going to do. God forbid you need it. Three times in ten years, I stopped somebody from robbing my store. I fully believe in being able to purchase a gun yep. and and use it. And I got to tell you, most people that own guns don't fool around with them. They don't do anything wrong. They follow the laws. They buy them. It's the criminals that get the guns without doing anything. And except for this guy, generally, it's always a criminal that's shooting somebody. And I bet you there's probably a quarter million people every year that save their lives because they have no, they have a weapon. Yeah, that's a good point, Mike. I mean, you don't want to be in that moment. I mean, specifically this bowling alley. When that breaks out and you're with your family, it's family fun night, you're eating nachos and drinking soda, and maybe you have a beer or two, and next thing you know, somebody comes in and... Um, that's the beauty and the convenience of the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms and defend yourself. 855-839-1210. We'll get to some of these tweets on the other side, and then we'll get to Joe Biden after the news as we continue Hour 2 on the way. It's Kaling Company here on a Friday. Talk Radio 1210 WPHT. Start your day with Kale and Company, weekday morning 6 till 10, on Talk Radio 1210 WPHT and the free Odyssey app.